0: 25 minutes and there, uh, but I'm going to take about 15 minutes just to share something that um that's been an incredible revelation over the last um just forever. But when God opens it up to you, it's like yesterday that you've never seen it before. And if I took a quick poll, you know, the Bible calls us many things as the as the body of Christ. That's one name that we're called, the body of Christ. Anyone ever heard of that that like he's the head and we're the body. He also in we were called God's building and God's field. So there's loads of descriptions of and, and, and I, I think I know a little bit why God puts a lot of descriptions on things. And what's the other one that that we, we say more than anyone probably is church. And I think the reason why God gave us other descriptions is because He knows that we're human, and he knows that we're going to make a mess of some things. And if you look over the church history, you would probably see, you know, that as on the whole, that we've made a mess of the word church. So I'll tell you how how I've come to this conclusion, and you will agree with me. What are some of the things you can shout up at me? This is the only time you can shout. No. Um, You can shout amens, but uh, if you haggle me, I'll haggle you back, believe me. And, uh, but, uh, what... um, My goodness, I'm after releasing the front row to hackle me. Woman, be silent. Be still. I'm only joking. Anyway, just stay with me. Why do you even owe me mouth? So, um, what would would be some of the words you've heard people that are not Christian or worse, people that don't even like Christians? What's some of the words you'd hear them say about the church? Hypocrites. Yeah, what? Boy, what? Cult. Cult? Holy Joe's? Holy Joes. That, place. that place? Yeah, do nothing. Yeah. Happy Clappy? I'm not into that. Come on. After your money. What? That mad group? The God Squad? The God squad. You, you're just being nice. Oh, they're, they're nice words. Brainwashed. Brainwashed. Are you going to let him out show everyone is in this church? <laughs> it, it, come on, what else? Fundamental. Judgmental. Fundamentalists. Fundamentalist. Disconnected. Irrelevant. Have nothing to say to me. They read from an old book. Old fashioned. I, no I have no time for church. So you can see. Now, if we had this word church here, you could see all those negative comments and more. And more like that. Like, if you get the the leftists talking, you will hear more words that we'd have to look up a dictionary to go, what do them things mean? But they're negative. Now, why have they said that? (laughs) Because they've experienced some of it to be true. So, we've made a bit of a bag of that word, church. So, th- so that's alright, okay? Leave that there for a minute. Come back to you. If I was to ask you another question, if you were going to, like, if you were writing down, ladies and men, if you were writing down your perfect description of the perfect person in your life, like, to be a wife or husband or friend forever or wherever, what words would come to your mind that you would want if this was over here? Trustworthy. Trustworthy. Grateful. Grateful. Loving. Loving. Loyal. Loyal. Supportive. Supportive. Who said glorious? Glorious? Man, you have a high expectation on that girl, fair ain't you? wrong that, brother. Nothing wrong with that. that. And else? Yeah, which? What? Rich yeah not bomb. and else caring, caring thoughtful beautiful amen spiritual. like don't be all Christian that you don't think this one has to be beautiful spiritual, loving, happy, dependable a good listener encouraging, patient. Passionate. Doesn't, Doesn't <laughs> snore. Doesn't snore. And all the men said. Amen. And all the ladies said. So. You can see. You can see this picture. So you have this picture of the church. And then. See all of this over here. I want to tell you something. That Jesus is this and so much more. Oh, was that? Rich? Yes. Dependable? Yes. Trust? Oh, yeah. Utterly loyal. Someone said loyal. So where, where does this come in? One of the words the Bible uses is this. That we are not just the church, but we are the bride of Christ. That we are, he is the bridegroom, and we are the bride. Now, people would say when you read books, that as soon as you go bride and bridegroom, that all the men are supposed to be zoning out now. Thinking, that's a bit girly, that's a bit romantic, that's a bit, all that stuff. And and they go, real men won't jump into that, right? Well, David was a real man, wouldn't you say? King David's. He's like, if anyone wants to take on a man's man, stand up with David, right? And he's opened Psalm 27 with, I love you, O Lord, my strength. And if you look at the scriptures through what we describe as church, because you know what all them words reflect? Get ready for this. It's coming there. You know what all them words reflect? Us. But I think we're looking at God in the wrong way when we reflect that to the world. Or there's something fundamentally wrong when people who have been forgiven of so much can turn in a hair's breadth, and I've seen it. They can turn in a hair's breadth and judge a brother or a sister or a person out there in a moment. Plank in the head if you don't know look <laughs> I told you, it's coming back at you, bone. But well, here's the thing. I'm only saying what everyone's feeling, brother. But um, well, here's the thing. Yeah, You're planking the eye. This, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's, it's all of that. It's all of that. I forget what I'm saying now. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, that it's like, we're reflecting this. But that's because we're beholding God in a manner that is not true to the description of who he is. Because whatever, see, we have to settle one thing. We have to settle one thing that whoever has our affection will reflect. We will, oh, I wanted to use a good word there. Whoever has our affection is what will be our reflection. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Whoever has our affection, I'm going to get myself a rubber mic, I'm honest with because I want to drop it sometimes. But Adam will kill me. Adam will kill me. But whatever, and I'll tell you how you can determine this. I'll tell you how you can know this, because I'm talking about us. Before we talk about people out there that don't know Jesus, we have to talk about us, yeah? But whatever has that affection, I'll tell you how you know. Like, what gets your affection? Whatever has your time, your treasure, and your talents. So if I'm in love with this beautiful person here, they will have my affection, which will go along with my, effect, with my talent, and my treasure, and my time. And if I want to look at how important this bridegroom is, all I have to do is look at my calendar. All I have to do is look at my timetable and say, How much do I give this bridegroom called Jesus? Because if not, I'm going to make up a God. And that God will be in my image angry, bitter, judgmental. And then I go out to this world and I'm saying that I represent God. And that's where I'm giving off. Or else, I can give my affection to Jesus, and my reflection will be a mirror image of who He is, and what He's about. It just, it just, it just depends on what we're beholding. So I was in the airport the other day, waiting on the guys to come in, me and little Jesse, me and Jesse in the pram, he loved the airport, he loved everything about it. The airport was jammed. As you can imagine, right? Like I ended up I was parked somewhere, I never remember any car parked. I have to take pictures of the car park because I'm brutal, right? And I got in and the, the airport was jammed, right? I was waiting, there was like three uh, you know, three the three the uh, elevators, three lifts there, and they came down three times, two times, but they were full of the same people. And they kept out and I go, What are you doing back here? And you go press again. <laughs> three of them i just grabbed jesse went up to the stairs carried them up to the stairs and there uh, we get in it was full and packed and i was waiting on the team and i'm standing there and i love the airport i love people watching and i'm standing there and then um, next minute this little blonde girl, girl like a, a young woman you know she comes flying out of nowhere i didn't see her prior to, to this but she had high heels on and she was running out like this ah, 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 right and, uh, and I I'm telling you, this is like a scene out of a movie. And she comes right in and she runs and jumps into the arms of this six foot four cowboy. She was like about four foot nine or five foot. She jumps in, right? And uh, he's a big cowboy hat, cowboy boots on him. And they stood. in the, You know where the people come out? like They were in there. And she stood there. I don't know. Four minutes. Gazing up into his face. And she's like looking over her, gazing into her. Then they'd give like, each other a kiss and they'd stop again. And, and I'm like, come on, people are getting, you know what I mean? <laughs> people are wanting to. I, don't, I, I, I kid you know yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I want well, hitting that wall, you know what I get in my head over here? maybe when you close your eyes. I see not romantic music in my head and I'm like, I was looking at over cameras. So I'm like, is this a movie being made. <laughs> this was, and then, then he looks over, right? Because he was huge and he's holding... A, me and I mean, to show him how he was, he was holding his uh, So, I forgot my hat. But he's looking over and as he bends, as he, he touches his foot off her forehead, because she's on her tippy toes. He covers her with his hat. That morning I was praying and gee, honestly Sharon was there and someone else was there earlier that morning. And I realized something fresh that we all know. This is all about love. This is the greatest romance that you and I will ever experience. But you know what? As long as we're in that church that we've made our bags off, we'll never find the romance that God has with us. He does cover us. Amen. I was like, wow, that's the way the bride should be looking up into the face of Jesus. Do you know what she reflected? Joy, hope, passion, like safety. I mean, this guy was huge. This guy must have been an American footballer. He was like you. And I'm like, that's the way the church should be. And if we reflect... Uh, if we reflect who we who, who we're given our affection to, when well, we can win back some of this stuff that we've given away. We can win it back. We can be the generation that says, I'm in love with Jesus. And I reflect that love that he has for people. It doesn't matter where they're at in life. We get into church and we're like, you should be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. You should be doing that. Like even the non-believers, we're telling them to do things that, they can't, that you couldn't do unless you had the power of the Holy Spirit to do. And you're telling people who haven't got the Holy Spirit to do something. And here's the thing. We're not doing it with the Holy Spirit. And we're telling them to try and not do it without the Holy Spirit. So it's like we have to look him, we have to go to him, we have to love him. We have to have something reawakening us. I rewrote a song recently. You know that M. What a line of a song. Here we go. <laughs> Jesus loves me, this I know. me so. <laughs> so good. Can we just do that again. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Amen. So we've we'll put another line in. Jesus loves me, this I know. Because Jesus himself told me so. That we haven't just got a relationship with the Bible. The Bible tells us to have a relationship with the living Word. Which is Jesus. And we can have, Jesus loves me this sign And oh, we're over here. And we're like, does he really love me? Will he really leave me? Will he really walk out on me? I'm not sure because we're in this God in their own image. Because you know why? I will walk out on someone. If you don't get it right, I will leave you. So I reflect that on him. And I'm building me own God's. I'm angry with myself because of the decisions I've made. And I go, I reflect reflected God who was angry with everybody because of the mistakes you made. But when he tells you so, personal relationship melts you and heals you and brings you on a journey of excitement. Listen, who has ever fallen in love? Put up your hand if you've ever fallen in love. Come on. Was that not the happiest time of your life? Were you on fire? I remember, I met Sharon. Oh, Sharon moved up to the flats when she was six years of age. She, I remember she was on the swings. Where we, used have, where we had the great big day out yesterday, there used to be swings. And she was sitting there, our uncle was pushing her on the swing. She had a lovely little flowery dress on, little glasses and long hair. And a bar of dairy milk in her hand. And I fell in love. I don't know whether it was with Sharon or not a bar of chocolate, but I'm telling you, I was in love. I, I Listen, she made an impression on a six-year-old boy. Do you know what I'm saying? Then when we were 12, we like we knew each other all of our lives. Sharon hung around with people that were older than me. I was still playing cowboys and Indians. She was running around with the drug dealers. Uh, now, I'm going to get here with a bike all the people that were were taking drugs she never did and then when we were like 12 or 13 we started hanging around the same group of people then the music played and I asked Sharon "What she go (laughs) and And that was when we were 14 and we've been together ever since 39 years but see at that moment when I fell in love I didn't care what my mates were doing I wanted to be with Sharon. I didn't care if you were playing football, watching football, making football, smoking drugs, drinking in the field. I didn't care. I used to jump over the railings in my block, run through the muddy fields. Remember that muddy field? Into the next block. Why? Just to be with the one that I love? Just to be with the one that, I, it was the happiest time of my life. It was the best time that I could ever imagine. And you all know the same when you fell in love. When I tell you, I didn't become a Christian. I didn't get converted. I didn't join a church. I didn't do any of that thing. I fell in love on the 22nd of March 1989 when I met Jesus. Because love will keep you. Religion won't keep you. I would, I tell you. This is why we backslide. Let me tell you about the lover that Jesus is. Read the book of Hosea. This woman called Gomer marries a man, a prophet. The story of God, the lover, and the wayward wife. She goes off and prostitutes herself. She'd come back with other men's kids. And Hosea would take her back. What a lover. I would have ditched her. Not God. When we fail and run away. Go after other gods. He's like come on back. I love you. I'll change the script. In religion. I'll walk, I'm walking my way back to you babe. We have to walk it. Being miserable for long enough. To think he will take us back. Beat ourselves up. Go into depression. Now he might take me back. Wrong view of the lover. Wrong picture. Religious picture. I want to hear them say, oh, it's hard to come back. It's hard to come back carrying someone else's kids. It's hard to come back with carrying condemnation in one hand and shame in the other. But nonetheless, something when you fall in love brings you back to your first love. Finishing with this. I've loads more to say on this. Loads more. Loads more. We're not convinced he loves us. We're not fully convinced, guys. I know it. I know how I know it. Because I know it. I'm not fully convinced, Jeff. But I'll be more convinced every day. Yeah. I know what it says. But I want to know what it feels like. And experience it. Because yeah. no one can rob your experience. Oh, well, we can argue religion. The church should be. The Old Testament says this. We can argue that. But you can't be argued out of an experience. People can t- throw at you theology, ideology, anything they want. No, wait, and I tell you, he told me. He told me. So I'm, at the, I'm, at, I'm speaking at a conference on Thursday up in, um, last Thursday up in Sligo. I speak on the first message was making, no knowing God. John 17:3. Just in case, uh, I just want to tell you this scripture. John 17:3 will come up on the screen. This is eternal life. It says, Jesus saying this. This is eternal life that you may know God and Jesus Christ whom He sent. That you may know God. Not when you die. He says this is eternal life. It begins when you give your heart to God. It begins. I'm not waiting to die to know God. I'm going to behold Him in all of His fullness. Well, not even all of His fullness. Because you'll never see God in all of His fullness. Because as soon as you can comprehend your little God, He ceases to be the God of the Scriptures. He's incomprehensible. You get one, you get one look at Him and you think you've nailed it. And then He shows you something else. You go, my goodness, 20 years He's shown me stuff. Always to keep you. Falling enough. falling enough. Oh no, don't miss it. I missed it. I've failed God a million times. Draws you back. This is eternal life that you may know God. The word for know is a Hebrew word called Yada. Not Yama, Yada. <laughs> yeah? And it means to intimately experience a person. So Jesus, this is eternal life that you may intimately experience God and Jesus Christ whom he sends. And we settle for this muck. And you and I settle for religiosity ceremonialism we're not all into that. Oh yes you were. (coughs) Wrong sacrifices. I will will do this to make you better Lord. I'll do this to get you to love me. I'll serve more. Give more. Pray more. That's religion ceremony. He loves you you great big beautiful thing. End off. So I'm up there speaking, making God known. Or knowing God. The second session was called, yeah, knowing God. second was making God known. So a lot of the people that was in the first seminar came over to the second seminar. It was in a different venue. And, uh, Which is horrible because I wanted to tell all the same stuff, but he came over. I had to change it. No one listened. No one listened. And, uh,. I said something, and in, in, the, in the midst of the crowd, people from all over, and in the midst of the crowd, uh, I seen this little old lady putting up her hand, like, celebrating something I said. Like, so, it was just like, and I was like, oh, just, you know, you just clock these things. And uh, I was like, oh, that's cute. And, uh, anyway, at the end of it, I come up, and uh people come up and say hello, and people say stuff to you. And, uh, but the little old lady was now at the front, waiting on me patiently. And, uh, so, uh, you know, like, then you can't wait to get rid of people. You know, that's, like... You, you, just, you know what I mean? You're supposed to say 10 sentences, and now we're saying 10, 100 sentences, and you're like, you're glazed over, and you're like, oh, man, I, I just want to get to that little woman. So anyway, I went over to this woman, and uh, she says, um, I sit beside her, she says, uh, I want to tell you something that I've never told another male. And like, inside, I'm like, uh-oh. I'm like, that sounds like a bit of trouble, 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 trouble. And uh, I go, yeah, and she goes, um, she goes, Would you pray that I'd meet a lovely gentleman? I'm only 81. I'm not joking. She said, I was married when I was 27. And she says, The man that I was married to threatened me. I don't know what the story was, but she said he had to go. And I said, Have you been single since 27 to 81? She says, Yeah. But when she said, would you pray that I'd meet a lovely gentleman? In my head somewhere, I can't say this was was God, but in my head, I heard a man somewhere saying, would you pray that I'd meet a lovely lady? And I was like, wow. So I prayed again, the camp was over, the, the, the camp was over, that somehow that God would bring in. But when I told the next day, I told Sharon and Adele in the prayer morning, that I told them about it, and uh, I told them about, about the first one was making. Uh, knowing God, and... God coming and being the lover. She said, Noel, I would say God awoken the romance in that woman. That like now, she's in a seminar, 81, da-da-da-da. Something of the romance of Jesus being talked about awakens the romance as a woman in her. That she now says, I want an intimate, knowing relationship with somebody. And I go away and go... That's the church. The church has allowed religion kill the kill the romance. It's allowed to rob people of the adventure in knowing God and loving God and say, what's today, Lord? I can't wait to be with you. I can't wait to know you. What are you are going to say to me? How are you going to go? Somebody said, I was thinking this recently, because like, people say this over the years about other people, but I, I'm just going to say before you say about me. It's that people say, no one says he hears God, sees God. All the time these days you know why? Because I am. Do you know why I am? Because I'm with him. Yeah. And no one has any problem. I hear C.T. Uh, kiss Sharon every day. Tell her I love her every day. I hold her hand every day. I make her a cup of tea every day. She does a lot more for me. Look, I, I, listen, I get more than this or two, just in case you think I'm... <laughs> I hear her voice every day. Why? Because I have an intimate, known relationship with her. And if we don't think that this relationship... If we think this relationship is any different... We're stuck over here in some religious junk. So I believe God wants to awaken us. And we can be the church. We can be. I don't care if anyone else is or isn't right now. But we could be the church. that has made alive. I want to meet him. I want to meet this Jesus that the Bible describes as the lover and when you see him in that manner everything in the scriptures will look different to you. I was thinking yesterday, or this morning, it's all brilliant. I was thinking yesterday when Jesus says that, um, that uh, if, you, if you cause one of these little ones to sin, you're better off tying a millstone around your neck. Why? Because the little one is his wife, it's his church, it's his brilliance. Do you know why he dresses us more than Solomon? Because it's his brilliance. Do you know what he provides for us? Because we're his bride. One husband wouldn't provide for his bride? Let's stand and be awoken this morning. He's so good. He's so good. Oh, you know when he says, I'll never leave you, I'll forsake you. You know what? You're in religion, oh, you do something wrong, that's it, he's gone. No, that's not Jesus. It's not like he goes, I said I'd never leave him, I'll forsake him. Now I'm stuck with him. Cause why did I say that? Why did I make a covenant of never leaving them? That covenant is not for him. That covenant's for us. He knows who he is. He knows what he would do and not do. So he writes it down as a covenant to say, "Look, how I'm putting this in writing. I'm sealing it with my blood." He he, he doesn't leave us or forsake us because He loves us and likes us and wants to hang out with us. Not because He has to, because He wants to. Oh Lord, I just love You, Lord. I just love You, Lord. I Bless You, Lord. Singing songs should never be the same after hearing what I'm out the same. Somehow, we sing a lot of songs about him instead of singing songs to him. So we're always left with this. Isn't he beautiful? Isn't he marvelous? And we sing it out there, but we don't know personally he's beautiful. We don't know he's marvelous. But see, when you do know, (laughs) it comes from a place of absolute liberty and freedom. Jesus told me, you know this. He says, no, tell my people. Or you gave me a mandate. That if you will go to your room and put on some worship. And you tell them you're here. If you go to him. If you go to him. If you go to him. He says, I will meet them there. I will meet you there. If you take that time out, he will meet you. You will encounter him. I'm not talking about some rigid religious way that you're like, oh there, are ten minutes, he didn't show up. If Sharon was four hours late, I'd wait on her. I'd kill her when she gets there, but I'd wait. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You wait for someone you love. You're patient for that person. Why? Because you want the presence. You want them to be near you. Or you go religious, you'll do a ceremony. Three songs, I'm out of here. But if it's someone that you know, when he comes, he's going to say something, do something. And the only time he uses delay is to reveal where our affection really is. Just ask Samuel with Saul. Just read it yourself. Samuel couldn't wait. I do it myself. Lost everything. Sometimes God will le- le- allow a delay to show you where your affections are. At. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will walk and not grow weary. They will run and not faint. They will melt up on wings like eagles. Like I'm in love. I'm in love. I'm in love. Could we put on a song or something, guys? Because there's something that we could just do to tell the Lord. I just want to pray a prayer. Would you open your hearts and your minds and just open your life? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you will be disappointed with what we created as church. Yeah, just Lord, moment. But you will never be disappointed with your personal relationship with Jesus. Even when it looks disappointing, when he shows you what he was doing in that moment, you'll go, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. So I want to give us a call. First of all, if you've never asked Jesus to come in, he's not far off out there somewhere. Listen how close the love of your soul is. He says in Revelations, I stand at the door and I knock. He's not far off. He's not a brute. He's not a beast, he's not abusive. He stands and he knocks. And he says, if anybody opens up, anybody. I will come in and I will dine with him and fellowship with him. He becomes all that you'd ever imagine and more. So could you, if you've never, while every eye is closed. You say, no, I want to ask this Jesus in. Just focus on me, guys. Don't let anyone distract you. Don't let anyone take your affection or attention at this moment. You say, no. put your hand up quickly and pull it down. Say, no. will you pray for me? I want this Jesus. Amen. 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 I want this Jesus. I want to know this lover of my soul. I want him. And here's how we do it. It's not religious. Just say, Jesus, come on in. Come on in, Jesus. Just, just you say it to him. He knows your heart. Come on in, Jesus. Come on in, Jesus. I'm yours, Lord. Will you make me yours, O oh God? Because I want to give my heart to you, Jesus. Would you awaken, romance in me? Would you awaken that this king left his throne to come and rescue the bride that I'm part of? That you searched out the darkest places, you overcame hell, you overcame the grave, you overcame sin, you overcame man's system, so that I could be rescued, snatched away. Will you awaken in me, Jesus, would you gift us with hunger for your presence, Lord? I want Jesus.